And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, yes, he is Josh the Punk Thompson. Last time we were on this, he was Josh the Puke Thompson because he was throwing <laughs> up and shitting himself. But he's looking a little uh, bit better, a little more color back in the face. How you feeling, my man? Not much has really changed, though. I'm still trying to hold it all in, buddy. So not much has changed. It's been a two-day thing. So I don't know. It's fucking painful, though. Dave had it, too, a little while you, back, and I had no you sympathy can't, You for can't him, blame so. this on the pork, baby. This is not pork. This no, is, I don't know what it this is. This is pestilence. I think I also think it's a combination of like right now my allergies are really bad. And so like anytime I get coughing, it almost makes me gag. And so <clears throat> it just that gag <laughs> reflex and not feeling well is not, like, not a great combination. No. Uh, it is not. No. But hey, uh we are gonna talk, give you guys a couple breakdowns and uh take a couple fan questions and uh there's no a big breakdown. Fights. No big no. fights this week. No, so we, we don't have we can really talk about things that are going to come up mm-hmm. and a little bit of what in the past of what uh, some people were talking about and saying things that are going on in the world mm-hmm. of MMA. You know I what's mean, wrong with that... history, Josh? You know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm bringing this up. You know what's wrong with history? Is that we tend to repeat it? <laughs> no, we don't learn from it for first off. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest problem is. It's all bullshit because it's always the person that wins that gets to write the history. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if what they're saying is fucking bullshit. It doesn't matter of what the truth is. It's are you the one that in the end wins the whole thing so you get to write the history because it's really his story or it's her story, but we don't talk about her story. John, where are you going with this? Where are I'm you going just, with this? Someone was asking me questions about the UFC and things that are happening. I said, look, you know, they're, they're going to write things the way they want people to put it out because he was asking me about, he said, he goes, he was, and it was Jim Brown. And we, we talked about Jim Brown on the last show and he was saying, he says, you know, Dana didn't, you know, the UFC did a thing, but you know, Dana really, you know, acted like Jim Brown you know, didn't do anything for the UFC. I said, well, because he didn't do anything for the UFC when Dana was there. I said, because Jim Brown was there long before Dana was there. You know, Dana wasn't there for seven years. Then Dana came in and said, and really the problem is everything that Dana looks at is from the point when Zufa bought the UFC. That is the history of the UFC. Nothing before it means anything even though if those people didn't do their job and do the things that help build it he would never have had anything yeah it's kind of weird yeah i mean i get it i understand but dana you know he used to manage tito and chuck and he would yeah get, that know, was it, that was late going in 1999 yeah i get it i know i get it but he doesn't look at the past of like what the actual wolf he didn't care. Didn't care that much about it in the early days. Sure, no. he's given uh, some he press. Like and, in the early days. Uh, he didn't like it in the early days? No. Why is that? Because well, he was a boxing guy. And everyone <laughs> that was a boxing no, I'm, I'm being honest. He was a boxing guy, and everybody in the boxing world was like, oh, that's crap. you know. But it was taking pay-per-view away from him. He was a cardio kickboxing guy. Let's get it straight. There's a difference. There's well, he was difference. trying to manage boxers, too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
I don't. I just can't. I can't see him as a manager. I don't you know. know maybe what? It's I th- just me. Honestly, I, I think he's he'd be a good manager. Think so? Well, if there's one thing I, you know, it's the the one thing that I always was impressed with Dana. He was a worker. Now I don't mm-hmm. know how he is now because I'm not around him. But back in the early day when you know Zufa had an office, it was you know a building that the Fertitas owned. And it had just, you know, one floor and and there was like four people <laughs> working for Zufa. You know, he was out, you know, always running around, jumping on Southwest flights to go somewhere to meet with someone, going to Blockbuster to try to get them to put the tapes in the front stuff. You know, he was doing that. And you look, you go, he was a worker. You know, he was, he was busting his ass trying to, you know, do anything he could to try to get people to get more engaged and you know put videos out front things like that you know he was a worker so i'll I'll give him that i think that you know as a manager you know he uh yeah i mean if you think about it right if he was with chuck and tito and at the time they were two of the top top guys in the the organization so he did his part on trying to make them look good and you know and create a uh, not a stigma, but a persona of them. Persona. You know, the one with the mohawk, the mohawk with the tattoo on the head, and you got Tito with the shaved head, but the dyed it was dyed and shaved, and you know the Huntington Beach bad boy, the Iceman. Like it was all. I mean, they did a good job. He did a good job. So maybe he maybe he would have made a great manager. Yeah. I just look at him now as a businessman, so I don't see that that portion well, of him. The managers, funny part, managers. The funny part is, as soon as he became the president of. You know, mm-hmm. the UFC, he hated managers. <laughs> he fucking hated all of them. One of, one of the best ones was, you know, Monty, you remember Monty Cox? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Dana was right about this because I didn't think about it at the time, you know, because Monty was managing a ton of guys, you know, and Monty, all of Monty's, you know, deals was a handshake. He didn't have you sign a contract. He would shake your hand. Okay. And brave this man. is what, you know, what's that? Brave man. Brave man. Well, he lost brave a lot man. of people. Ba- no. He lost a lot of people off of that. But, you know, at one point, you got to figure he had in the UFC, he had Militich as a champion. And then Militich loses it to Carlos Newton and Matt Hughes wins it. Jens Pulver was the champion. He had Rich Franklin. He had Sean Shirk. He had Tim Sylvia. He had at one point a champion in almost every weight class mm-hmm. and it got Dana figured out, he goes, Hey, this guy's got too much power. Mm-hmm. He could actually hurt my show. He could actually, if I put a couple of his, cause I want championship fights, he could pull his fighters. He could control things. He hated money. And the best thing to see was in the back in you know, in the locker rooms. And we're talking back then, you know, this was like when they were at the MGM uh, Grand Arena or the Mandalay Bay. Mm-hmm. We're in the back, and, and you know, Monty would always be in the back with his fighters, and so I would be walking around, you know, talking, doing my you know, rule stuff with the different fighters and going in and out of different locker rooms. And it was always Dana. You you know, Monty knew that Dana hated him. Yeah, and so Dana would walk in the, in the room, and Monty would be the first one to jump up, go over to go over to Dana, and stick his hand. Out. How you doing today, Dana? 
and Dana was like stuck. He's in that like, it. right? He looks and he'd look at him and he put his hands out. And he goes, "How you doing?" Right? And he would try to get past him, and he would do it every time. And and, and finally, it got to the point. Dana would just look at him and just walk past him. <laughs> I was like, "Marty, you're just doing." He goes, "I do it just to fuck yeah. with him." <laughs> yeah, it can only work if if. Like there can only be an issue if both sides are acceptance of that. And if one side just like, ah, fuck it, just going to shake your hand and not have a problem with it. And the other side's like, screw you. It just bugs them even more that you were able to do that. I love that. That's the greatest thing. There was a couple fight announcements. We are going to talk one. We talked about uh, this a little bit, but we're going to actually get a little bit more in depth on this is uh, the Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje rematch, the number two. Um, John, John, John's, um, John's just gone on this whole tangent with Dana White. Should we just uh, start with uh, we were, one of the topics in the agenda is the Dana White and Francis thing from the weekend. Let's go. Um, should we just yeah. hop to that first? Uh, well, yeah. let's talk about Dana so, then. Since John's hot on was. Dana right now. John, John's I'm not hot on him. Dude, I was telling a funny story because he used to just walk right by as Monty would Dana's put his hand Dana's not John's type. Well, <laughs> speaking of other things that gets Dana White mad, um, somebody at the post-fight presser had brought up the um, the Francis Ngannou saying a PFL thing and said, you know, what mm-hmm. do you think of it? And, you know, sometimes where you just expect Dana to say, I don't give a fuck, whatever. Um, he, mm-hmm. he ended up going on for a long freaking time about it. Try not to stutter. So, da- so Dana White was asked about it. Um, here, here was the first... The first time he's reacted to this news that Francis signed with PFL, he said, based on what I know about the deal, which is not much, it makes no sense to me. Uh, you're going to pay a guy for not uh, to not fight for a year, and it's already been like 14 months. He's fought three times in the last three years. It's just not what we do here. It's not what we do. And the day that we released him, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Francis wants to take zero risks, doesn't want to take any chances, and he obviously didn't want to take a chance with John Jones. And after uh, we saw what happened with Sierra gone, I don't blame him. I think the outcome would have been exactly the same, and I'm sure most of you do too, and I'm sure Francis does. Uh, and then he goes on to say, PFL is going to pay this guy to train for a boxing match that may not even happen, and they might not even be involved in. How does that make any sense? It doesn't make sense to me. Anthony Joshua called it a gimmick fight this week. When asked about that fight, he's like, I'm focused on fighting the best guys in the world. I'm not interested in a gimmick fight right now. And that's one of the big problems with the boxing right now um, is all these gimmicky type of fights. And it's just not what we do here. It's not what I do. Francis could have done... <laughs> Hold it, stop. Did he say it's not what I do? Well... Was there not a Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather? No, this, this that was... Up, no, he's, he brings it up here. Uh, I'll that he was part of? So, Francis could have done a deal here. Hunter Campbell threw the kitchen sink at that guy. Hunter went to more dinners with Francis and did everything in his power to try to get this fight done. Francis just thinks it's, he's in a position where he's got some Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather fight in his hands, which he does not. That fight was a once-in-a-lifetime type of deal, a fight that I wasn't very interested in, but at the end of the day, it became so big. The right guys, the right time, the right place. The fans wanted it, so we did it, and we got it done. MMA guys versus boxers doesn't make any sense to me, but I know that he thinks there's all this money in it i disagree um 
And then what they're doing makes no sense to me. Their business strategy, I'm hearing that they're raising money right now, 283 million, 300 million. I don't know what the number is from the Middle East. And I've done a lot of business in the Middle East. Those guys are sharp. Who in the hell would give them 280 million because I'm hearing they're buying Bellator. So you're an organization that's burning cash, have no ratings and selling no tickets. And you're going to raise 280 million to buy a company that's burning cash, sells no tickets and does no ratings. It sounds like absolutely fucking genius to me. Uh, I know how this story ends I get what Francis is doing I wish the PFL all the best in the world uh, I wish him all the luck in the world it's just not what we do here hmm. Francis responds uh, Francis, do you want Francis came out and replied yeah, yeah Francis okay. had a response also so <clears throat> Francis goes on Twitter what is your problem with me number one I completed my contract was a free agent and chose to walk away you did not release me two I hate truth hold on stop this is what I was talking about there's the truth Mm-hmm. He played out his contract. He fought it out. He decided to take the road of free agency. And all we hear from Dana is, I released him. No, mm-hmm. you did not. Yeah. No, they did the same thing with me. They didn't release me. I got a better offer. <laughs> I mean, I was never I was never released. Okay, but Josh, what what do you think someone is trying to do with just the words we released him? Just trying to say that he didn't, he didn't they cut, got, cut it. We got so rid we of you. Go. Fired. We him, got yeah. rid of you. Yeah. You didn't get rid of him. Yeah. He walked away. I, look, I've had this conversation. I don't know how many times. Like I had it with you know Joe Silva. He's like, yeah, you know the same thing he said about me. Yeah, we released Josh Thompson. I'm like, no, you didn't release me. I came back with a better contract, and you guys didn't want to match. That's not releasing me. That's just realizing that I was going to get paid a lot more than you guys are willing to pay. So I left. Okay. And there's that's I don't have a problem with that. I, I do the wording. That's a promoter. They're doing what they're they're doing what's but best for their company. Again, what's the truth? He's right. Mm-hmm. He didn't get released. He walked away. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Number two, I hate taking risks. That's why I defended my title to f- fulfill my contract with no ACL or MCL. Uh, number three, the reason I fought three times in three years is because you wanted to control my deal and signs and sign a new one and freeze me out i owe these guys three fights a year isn't that what you say what happened i always asked for and never said no to any fight in the three years uh i'm finally getting paid and respected and i have a deal and it's fair fair and equal for all parties why are you so against me being free and happy if you ever really want that john jones fight to happen reach out to pete murray whenever wherever and then he replies to a clip of Dana White and says, who really is scared, John, me, or you? Make your mind up. Yeah. Uh, he brought up a good point. Look, this we've talked about what the what the UFC does. And it's brilliant on their part if in terms of a promoter. Is they know that you're coming up. You're, they know that you're not happy or that you're somebody that potentially will leave when it comes up. So they will drag your contracts out. I'll just yes. get you one fight a year. And Dana says this consistently. They are kind of obligated to do the three fights a year. But what they do is they'll offer you something knowing that you can't accommodate that. So like, hey, someone will tell them they know that you're in Hawaii. or They know that you're on vacation, whatever it is. And they'll call and say, hey, we want you to fight so-and-so in like three weeks. Well, if yep. you turn the fight down, that extends your contract like three three months or four months. It extends it for the period of time that you say that you can't fight. So that's how they kind of get around with that. And they can kind of, now I'm going to offer you a fight for another four or five months or three or four months. So that extends your contract that amount of time. It's brilliant on their part. It's to kind of, what it does is it, if fighters are not good with their money, 
they're fucked. They're screwed. Like they, they really start, they really continue to sign these contracts because they want to get paid more, but they also, they don't want to be drowned out with downtime. If we, fighters don't get paid unless they fight. And this is what the UFC does. A lot of, a lot of promotions, almost all the promotions do this. They don't do it as nasty as the UFC does. They really, they really grind it out. I mean, my last fight too with Tony, they, they, I think they knew that I was going to leave. They waited, you know, almost the whole year. They're like, yeah, no, you can wait, you can wait, you can wait. And they were kept sending me a new contract. Every time it was a new contract. Hey, sign this before you fight Tony signs. And I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. See what's going on. you know, over at Bellator, see what's going on over at one, see all the other organizations and exactly what's happening. It was one of the best decisions I ever made, man. Um, you've got to fight out your contract. See what you're really worth. Somebody out there is willing to pay you. And Francis got everything that he wanted. You know, um, I do agree a little bit with Dana. They are paying him to sit on the bench, John, for a year. And you're paying him to train to fight a boxer. Let me ask you this, though. What are they paying him? What are they paying him? He gets paid for what? what? No, he got a signing bonus. Okay. He got a signing bonus. Hold on. I don't know. I don't know how much. I just heard he got a signing bonus. I'm just going to ask you real quick. So when you signed with Bellator, did you get a signing bonus? Did I what? Yes, I did. Yes. Oh, how common is a signing bonus when you move over to a new promotion? It's pretty. It's pretty. Pretty goddamn. Depending on who you are. Yeah, it's pretty standard. Pretty common. Pretty standard. If you are someone that is wanted, it's a norm. Mm -hmm. So to sit there and say they're paying him to train for boxing? No, they're not. They okay. They decided to sign him. And they get he got a signing bonus. Okay, let me get to my end point. Okay, before okay. I was rudely interrupted. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is he got a signing bonus. Great. Okay. Okay. I'm wait. Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm happy for him. <laughs> yeah. But John, it says in his contract. Apparently, this is what I was told. It was said in his contract he's able to have two boxing matches before he makes his debut in the PFL. That if I don't that believe is, is smart. Okay. Exactly. Even just one. The guy that is the UFC champion goes and gets knocked out in boxing or gets beat, you know, decisively. Now, whatever I had gained in terms of bringing him over from the UFC into my promotion, I've kind of lost them a little bit. I've started to lose some of the casual fans that were following him and his story and what's going on with Dana. I'm kind of losing that. Now I just paid all this money for a fighter who was the UFC champion. And well, now his values just dropped because he got knocked out or he got beat in boxing. I agree with you. And I agree with Dana when he says, I don't like this. If I was Dana in his position, I wouldn't like it either. I don't want any of my fighters trying to step into a boxing ring and fight somebody who is a boxer under their rules because the likelihood is the boxer is going to win. I, I don't blame Dana at all for not liking it. I don't mm-hmm. blame the UFC as a company, Hunter Campbell, you know, all those dinners that Dana's talking about. Yes, I, I know that Hunter had a lot of meetings and dinners with Francis, but the reason why was never money. The reason why was Francis wanted a contract where he could go and box. He wanted that contract with the UFC. The UFC did not want to give him that in the contract. And that's, I I don't blame them for that. I actually think the same thing as you. You're my heavyweight champion. I can't have you going and boxing 
somebody in their sport and the chance of you losing, in my opinion, is pretty high. That's not going to do anything for me as a promoter. In fact, it's going to damage the value. I don't blame them, but that's why he didn't sign with the UFC is it was as simple as here's a guy that says, I want to go do something. His company that he is fighting with says, we are not going to allow you to do that. That's why he did everything going through all these motions and everything to get out of the contract. That's why he did it because he had his mindset on something that he wanted to do. I don't blame them for not liking it, but to sit there and then to twist the truth, because that's really what's happening. You're twisting things. You're trying to say that he, now he's afraid. He doesn't want to fight competition. If he didn't want to fight competition, he wouldn't be trying to get a fucking goddamn boxing match with either Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, or Tyson Fury. Am I, am I right? No, you are right. You are right in that scenario. Um, but look, the if I was to go back in history, every time a fighter left the UFC, it's rinse, wash, repeat. It's the same storyline. Sure. We released them. They didn't want to take chances. They were afraid to fight the best. It's That's it's right. the same thing. You hear it Always. all the time. He's just doing his job as a promoter, though. And no matter how filthy, dirty we think I, it is. And I agree. It's his job he, to he's doing his, his job as a, uh, as a promoter. But how stupid is the goddamn MMA media when you're asking him about these things. They're How not stupid, stupid John. They're, they're stupid. just chicken shit to ask. Jesus they're chicken Christ. shit to press on him. They won't get credentials next time. And I love it when the when these media guys, media, okay, it was when they say, oh, that doesn't happen anymore. You guys are fucking liars. It's so funny because <laughs> I have I have friends that work in this industry all throughout management managements to people that work for the UFC, the people that... Yep. They coaches, all these things. And they it's hilarious to see the media, how they tiptoe around Dana White and the UFC and everyone, whether it's Hunter, whether it's Mick, whether whoever, they tiptoe around. It's like a big ass-kissing event. And it's it's true. It's every single time. Some of the fighters, they get disgusted. Like, man, my fucking manager, when I see him the way he is around Dana or Mick or anybody else, they're like, man, it's a fucking ass. They're just chasing him around. And it's like a total ass-kissing event. And they're like, it kind of, it disgusts me to see a grown man, a grown, a manager be that way. And it's true. It's you, you, you can see it when you go to these events, you see how they are because they, they all want to carry favor with Dana or the, the, you know, the matchmakers or whoever, Sean Shelby, whoever. Um, but there's, I, I still don't get mad at Dana for just doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's promoting no, his, his job organization. Is, his job he's, is to make his organization Number one in everyone's yeah. mind. The only reason someone would leave here is they're tired of fighting the very best and they want an easy career. They want easy wins. I don't blame them either. But the fact that you have the MMA media that doesn't sit there and go, okay, let's let's be honest about this. There's a whole lot of good fighters out there in a lot of different promotions. No one is getting an easy fight you know, by stepping away from the UFC. Yeah. They have a tough fight in the UFC and they're going to have a tough fight in any other promotion they go to, mm -hmm. especially for the money that the PFL is going to be paying Francis and his opponent. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. I just, that's a big risk to allow him to go into boxing. I signed you to fight MMA. I signed you to, I signed you and paid you all this money because of 
what you've done in MMA. Now yes. you go and you get you get knocked out or you get beat decisively in a boxing match. I mean, there is an upside. He could win. He could win by knockout. He could. And if that was to happen, it would just increase his his aura about him, right? right. But the chances, the You're chances. You're just looking at the odds. And I think the, yeah, I'm looking at the odds. I'm like, huh? I've sparred with some of the best boxers in the world. And it wasn't pretty. It, <laughs> it definitely wasn't, wasn't pretty. No. It was not fun. And it's just no. different when you're in there with them. You can spar with MMA guys all day long, but it's not the same when you're sparring with someone that can box. That's right. And um, and no matter how much, if I'm that promotion, and I've invested all this money into Francis, and he goes and he loses, what's my return on my investment after that? That's what, I mean, those are things that you have to think about. Now, in terms of, you know, they're raising all this capital to try and buy Bellator and Dana's talking about, you know, they're not selling any tickets. Maybe the PFL isn't, but Paris Hello. is sold out at 12,000 people. And, and I know this is not, we're not talking the world's biggest arenas, but, you know, we've got a big walk down stage and everything like that. So that cuts off about 3,000 seats, which we should have gotten rid of. Yep. Chicago's already sold out. And they're talking about potentially like trying to open up more seats if they can, maybe remove some of the panels from the walkout so they have more seats to sell. That's but been Dana White said that they don't sell tickets. Well, you know what's funny though, John, and I'm not just saying this as a homer to 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 Bellator. We have noticed since the CBS show how much there has been an uptick in fans coming to the actual arena. Now, I don't know if it's because it's the end of COVID now. People are kind of realizing, hey, it's fine to be out in large groups in a in an arena that has a dome or whatever, and it's like all indoors with that many people. But I've got to be honest, man. Like I know Pachanga is a very small venue, sold out. You've got Paris, sold out. That was about 12,000. Chicago, sold out. I think that's about... 13, 14,000 total if they're, if they're going to remove the screen. They're selling out arenas. Not the screen. There was. Talking about the ramp. The ramp. Sorry, the ramp. Yeah. Is that what I was saying? Yeah. Yeah. So if they get, if they get rid of the walkout ramp and they get rid of the big, what is it called? Screen, you know, for the background, that'll open, that'll open up more seats above, you know, and that could be another 16, 15, 16,000 or 14,000, whatever it is. So a total, I mean, they're, they're selling out. Which is kind of weird to me that, and I've heard, I've heard that, you know, that there was some, um, some companies that were looking to invest that a long time ago had tried to, um, that had tried to buy, you know, Bellator that they, 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 they didn't, at the time Viacom didn't want to sell. Now it seems like if they are, PFL is trying to join with them. They're trying to buy, they're trying to buy Bellator. I guess we'll see. Who knows? I don't blame we'll you. There's a lot of things going around, man. There's a lot of things going around. Um, we're just going to have to wait and see and see how it all pans out. Um, but Dana's doing what Dana does. It's the same. Like I said, rinse, wash, repeat. It's they were but. scared to fight the best guys. They wanted, you know, like they, they wanted something that we don't do here. Um, yep. And everyone's going to go back. Well, yeah, he not let the Connor way we do, do business. They're like, oh, we let Connor do it against Mayweather. You have to remember that was like a one of a kind thing. And I'm not now that now all these like uh, YouTube stars and all these other Mayweather still doing like these YouTube fights and fighting. It's kind of taken the luster away from it. People are turned off by it now. And so I understand what Dana's oh, saying. No, it's no, like, no, no, he already no, did no, it with no, Connor. No. Do you? Okay. Who? I'm just being honest. <laughs> you know, I get to talk with all the cut men and every, you know, all the guys that I mm-hmm. used to work with all the time. And Andy, who is from England. He's got his own crew that you know he puts out everywhere. They had a a boxing thing because you have 
KSI with his I can't mm-hmm. I can't think of what it's called his promotion but whatever it is you know, they just had their show but there was actually one just before it sold out the Wembley Arena where Bellator mm-hmm. goes right sold it out and it was all porn stars nice fighting I would have went, went to that too John you just changed what the narrative the though for no I didn't it's the same bullshit but. Th- for whatever reason, hell no! I want to watch these porn stars in lingerie fuck each other up. I'd rather watch that than watch this knucklehead fight. It could be box. two dudes. <laughs> no, that's true. I didn't Who think cares? about that. Yeah, I was only thinking of my side. Yeah, <laughs> hello. Of two. Uh, and it's like, but people keep putting money out and buying tickets for these boxing events. So you look and you say, "Let." I mean, be honest, Josh. If Francis Ngannou was going to fight one of three, Joshua, Fury, or Wilder, would you watch? Would you pay the money? Uh, I would watch. Like I would watch one of them. I would watch. I, I don't think I'd watch the Wilder one, only because I think I think Deontay would. That would be one that I'd probably want to watch the most. I think the Joshua one I'd watch because I think he'd beat Josh. I think he has a chance of beating Joshua. Because Josh He's got a chance. a little suspect. A little sus. A little sus, yeah. yeah. But uh, but then Tyson Fury, I would just watch because I love Tyson Fury. The way he moves, <laughs> the way he talks shit, he like his responses to the John beating, Jones he, stuff. He is, is not great. beating. He's not beating Tyson Fury. He's not beating Tyson Fury. But I want to see Tyson Fury like do work. Like He's just fun to watch. The way he moves, yep. is slick, and how big he is. Um, but Wilder, I think, just I don't think people realize when he's knocking people out, the way he's knocking them out with 10-ounce gloves. Like, it just, it's different. It's like, oh, yeah. someone can still crack and put you to sleep like that with a little 10 ounce glove or the full 10 ounce glove, I should say. They're not even MMA no, it's, gloves. It's still small. It's, yeah, it's still pretty impressive, though. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yep. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the Francis stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, step foot in that cage. Um, I would be, if I was the PFL, I'd be a little concerned that I'm going to be losing some of what I paid for. If he does go out and yeah, have an there's a possibility you could actually lose value. Mm-hmm. Yep. I understand where Dan's coming from it though, but Dan's going to just keep saying what he says, feed the narrative and uh, the media is going to follow along because they don't want to lose their credentials. That's common. Like you've got to, I think once, once people realize that I'm not saying anything that, that you can't look up yourself, that's not being biased and I'm not being a hater. Okay. I'm just legit saying that Dana does this every time someone leaves for another promotion. He does it every single time. It just yeah. listen to it. And that's his job though. Let him be let him be let Dana be Dana. <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, let's uh, now look at UFC two ninety one, which had uh the whole card basically announced uh, Dana White announced it right after the PFL Francis announcement. Um that's and, smart. And what some are saying was to take away from the, the shine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So look, the, this is yeah. This is this is for the BMF, right? The vacant now. Yes. How did it become vacant? George retired. I think. Yeah, I think George was retired. Is it so? He retires, so it becomes that it's vacant because it was never on the line. But it was never on the line. Dana said, "Now that George is retired, the BMF belt is vacant." That's exactly what those are the words that Dana said. (laughs) Yo, I don't care what the words that Dana said. Dana's going to say whatever he's going to say. How many fights did George Masvidal have after that Nate Diaz fight and that belt still was his? Yeah. 
Dana doesn't do gimmick fights, remember, Josh? Edge on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dave. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) This, but if if there's two people that we can say deserve a shot at the BMF belt, oh, they'll they'll look right at him. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking right at him. Yep. Do you think the leg kicks will have the same effect this fight, or do you think, or do you think Dustin's going to make the adjustments early? I think he'll make adjustments. He got, he got, he had some problems with those. Look, Justin's got fast and hard leg kicks, and it's the way he sets it up. And Dustin knows that I, I can't sit there and eat those because that was that was really affecting me in the fight. You know, he's gonna do things differently than. He did in the first fight, so the damage that he took early will not accrue in this next matchup. Yeah, Dustin. Let's be honest. Every time you've watched Dustin fight somebody and then fight them again, has he has he changed every time? Yeah. Even when even the fights that he won, subtle differences. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, makes him. You smart. don't. You know, doesn't need to change who he is as a fighter. You just got to no, make no. a couple little adjustments. You know, um, this this fight, I think the biggest adjustment he's gonna have to make is off the leg kicks, because that that that's really what slowed him down in the first fight was the leg kicks. He was having oh, yeah. a hard and difficult time dealing with that. Um, but this is this gonna be one of those fights that I'm I'm extremely excited about. But I I can't say because normally like if you say if they've already fought before, eighty percent of the time the guy who won the first one's gonna win the second. Yeah, you never know. These two guys could put someone's lights out at any moment. Well, you take a look at the way that the way that Gaethje fought his last fight. That Gaethje is someone that he can win. He can win against anyone. He's, he fought smart. He was intelligent in the way he did it. He even had a takedown. Fantastic. But Gaethje is still. When you compare the standups, Gaethje's, Gaethje's got about three different combinations that he continuously goes to. Mm-hmm. Continuously. Dustin has a more varied attack. He's able to change things up, especially in the middle of the fight, more than Justin can. And that's that's the biggest difference between the two that I see. Justin's got power. Dustin's got power. You know, Justin has got fucking balls. He's got heart. Same with Dustin. They match up so well. So to say, yep, these are the two guys for that BMF title, I agree with you. Yeah, I think with Dustin, or sorry, Justin, Justin's going to have to get started early, kind of ripping the body, try to get to the leg kicks early. Uh, the thing is, like you said, with Justin, his last fight, he fought very smart, utilized his wrestling. Like, he's dipped into his toolbox in his last fight, and he fought a very smart fight. I just feel when you put him in front of someone like Dustin, that style is going to go right out the door. He is not going to fight that way against this guy. Sorry, I man. I just I, I agree. I, I I don't think he has the control. Like he he's a fucking fighter. I just yeah. talked about what um he's Emily Cody sometimes not you know like digging out whether she's a fighter or not. But there's no doubt that Justin Gaethje's a dog. He's just he's a fighter through and through. It's in him to be that way. I think if if he starts getting hit with some shots, he's just gonna bite down on his mouthpiece and start throwing back. He doesn't. He doesn't have any other alternative. He's not that fighter that will back out and try to regroup. Oh. He's going to stand and bang with you toe to toe. Yep. He's a fighter yep. through and through. Yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. But that's a that's a phenomenal fight, and and that's the best part. It's going to be five rounds. 
Yeah, what's the rest of this card, Dave? All right, let's look at this next fight here. We got Blahovich versus Pereira. I mean, Blahovich getting older, forty years yes. old. Yes, might be forty-one now, but I think he's forty. Um, and Pereira's not—he's no spring chicken either. What is he? Thirty-six. Yep. 36, 37, yeah, 36. and it's, yeah, something like that. But the size, I wonder how much he's going to be able to put back on because now he doesn't have to worry about cutting all the weight. I mean, he still has to cut weight, obviously. He's a huge, huge 85-pounder. He's still going to be cutting weight to make 205. Yep. But now he'll, he won't have to hydrate. He'll have to hydrate fully back, but I think it's going to be a lot easier. going to be way him. better. Yep. He's going to be basically fighting at his walk-around weight. Yep. You know, so... Sorry, guys. <laughs> and, um, but Jan, Jan is, uh, he can wrestle. He showed that against Izzy. I look for him to try to get the takedown early. Oh, absolutely. I don't think, I don't think he's going to stand too much. He'll stand a little bit, but I don't think he's going to stand too much. Josh, he cannot stay on the feet too long against Alex. He's got punch. He's got Polish punching power. What are you yeah, talking good. about? That Polish punching power. He's got Polish the, power. The, here's here's the difference is that Polish punching power is getting slower and slower. Yeah. yeah. And so he needs to get the fight to the ground. He has an advantage on the ground. He's actually got good, you know, uh positioning on the ground. Nice ground and pound. You you keep your opponent from being able to hurt you. Hello. Get it to the ground. John, if why, he doesn't, why? Alex Perea wins the fight. John, why is it that this guy comes in, he's only got seven fights in Alex. He gets to the title, he beats, he knocks out uh, Izzy, wins the title. Then he loses the title in a rematch. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're like, nope. <clears throat> then he goes, no, he's got to go to 205. He's too big. He just beat your champion at 85. Yep. He just got knocked out too by that same champion. Yep. You finally got what you wanted. But there's a trilogy fight, not even a trilogy, it's like a double trilogy, you know, almost. And they, to, there'd be a lot more, I feel like a lot more money to be made on that next fight between him and Izzy. And even Izzy's backpedaling. Doesn't want to fight him. He's like, ah, no, nah, that's no, good. He can go up to 205. Izzy and, and Berriman, Eugene Berriman, are both, ah, yeah. you know, it's good to, good to get somebody different. I don't blame them for saying it. Wow. Stay away from the dangerous guy. Yeah, it just, it's like uh, Bill Haney. It's uh, Haney's, Devin Haney's uh, dad said, nope, we're not interested in the Loma rematch. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Very smart. Just take the money and run, take the W and get out. Well, you know the, gen done. the genius move by Dana here, Josh, is that uh, Perea wins the 205 belt as it goes up, beats Perea, becomes double champ. That's the same. That's, no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, if, but this is not for the vacant title, is it? No, this is no. not a belt. No, it's not. It's not vacant. Sorry, it's with Jamal Hill. Jamal, Jamal, Hill. Jamal, Jamal Hall Hill is he's the champion. <laughs> he's the champion. But I mean, hey, Jamal Hill and uh, and Bahia would be a fun fight. Yeah, it would. Jamal yeah, Hill's already talked fight. all kinds of snap about it. So he says, "I love that John not, says snap. That's out. like an old school term for That's cussing. Guess why? Because <laughs> it's old. Because you're old. Because I'm old. <laughs> yes." <laughs> Uh, this should be a good fight. What's the next fight? Next fight, we have Costa versus Alice Kerov. Mm. I don't know. Costa looked pretty good his last fight. He looked really I good. Think, um, I think that 
Alaskarov is going to be a tough matchup for him. Uh, but Casa, it depends. Like, if he doesn't drink wine, I think he might have, he has a good chance of winning this fight. Just he's so explosive. He's so fast. He does slow down. He cuts a ton of weight. Like, all of these things. But if he's taking it serious, keeps on his nutrition, keeps his weight down, gets ready to, for the fight, I think he's got a good chance. Oh, this fight no. is, you know, this is one where you look at and you go, Costa wants to keep it on the feet. Alskaroff wants to get it to the ground. But Alskaroff will stand with Costa. Mm-hmm. He'll stand with him for yep. a while. So um, it's a good it's a good bout. I don't, you know, it's, it's weird because you had all these things about Costa was going to fight Whitaker and then that kind of went mm-hmm. away and stuff. I wonder why this bout came up. Came up. Seems it like doesn't Costa do anything. Off. It, it doesn't do anything for Paulo Costa. No, doesn't do it anything. Seems like for him. he he pissed somebody off. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't think Costa's ranked because he doesn't have a number next to him here. Is he? Is he? Oh yeah, he has five on there. But it's weird they didn't put five. They didn't put a number on here, but they did for the other ones. Um. So yeah, who's not ranked mm. is Alaskarov. Now, yeah, Costa is ranked, but he's saying that they didn't put a number next to his name. Yeah. Like they did for mm. Blahovich and the other guys. All right, next fight. We got Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. <clears throat> I love I this think fight. it's a great fight. Yep. I really like this one. Uh, Tony uh, needs to get himself in good shape because he'll be a lot of movement. He's not going to be able to just take uh, Bobby Green down. Uh, Bobby's got a unique style. Bobby's. <clears throat> I don't, I just look at it. Tony has slowed down, so in my opinion, he needs to get this fight to the ground, and he needs to utilize. You know, he's got a really good submission game. He's got a lot of attacks. That would be the smartest way for him to deal with Bobby Green. Well, for me, I wonder where he's at mentally coming off. I mean, didn't he just get a DUI? Yep. Or you know, just. Where are you at mentally? If you're yep. doing things like that, you're close to the fight. You're close to you're not. You know, July is still a long, long enough time away. No, yeah, yeah. but that's you got too much. A, lot yeah, on your a mind. full training camp, so. No, I get it, but there's a lot on your mind. Like he's obviously not driving. If you got a DUI, they've taken your license, ten thousand dollar fine, automatically in California, automatically taking your license for a year and a ten thousand dollar fine. So he won't be driving himself to and from practice. No, we will not. So, but you can get in really good shape. Jogging, <laughs> jogging to and from. Hopefully, it's close enough. Uh, it's going to be a good fight, man. I think Bobby proposes some threats because Bobby can wrestle. Bobby's got the stand up to stuff the takedowns, and he's got the stand up to stand and bang. Uh, Tony has slowing down, but Tony's still a dog. He'll still go out there and do everything he can. But there was a thing going around, and they showed like each fight how he does his little double leg thing, like inside the cage as he's warming up. He does yeah. like a shot oh. this way and turns and does a shot the other way. Yeah. And they showed it over the years. And his last fight, like he couldn't do it. Like he couldn't get down like through his knees. Like he couldn't shoot all the way down through his knees. And I was like, ah. do you look at this and you go, hey, he's lost what, five in a row now? Five or six in a row? Can you look six. up Tony Ferguson? I think I he's lost five six. or six. It might be six. I think it's six. What does the UFC do with him? I don't know. Five. Five? He loses this one, it'll be six. I mean, what do you do with them after that? I mean, you take a look at who he fought, who he's fought. I know. I'm not. Yeah. 
He's fought everyone. Yeah. And he's fought the best guys. Like uh, Justin's fought for the title a couple of times. Charles Oliveira was the champ. Benil Darius should probably fight for the title next. Chandler's fought for, for the title a couple of times. Nate Diaz fought for the title. He's got, you know, fought for the BMF title. Like he's lost to really good guys. Uh, Bobby is definitely um, a style, style matchups for a fun fight for us to watch. And they'll be, I think they'll probably be uh, yapping a little bit back and forth. I'm sure they got a mutual respect for each other. And uh, but it'll be fun. I think it for me. I like to watch the old guys fight. I fought both these guys. I know. I lost to both these guys. <laughs> sucks. I got lost to both these guys. <laughs> well, it sucks. But you know, um, should be a fun fight. I think it's gonna be fun. Next, who else is on that card? Is that it? Nope. Ooh. Oh, that's actually a really good fight. I like this one. Michael Chiesa against Kevin Holland. That's an interesting matchup as far as. It really, this plays out on the feet. Mm. Kiesa will try to get it down. We'll see what uh, he you can think, do. You don't think he will? Uh, I think he'll get it there. I think he he's definitely a better wrestler than Holland. Mm. Definitely his wrestling is better and stuff. So, yeah, I think he can get him down. It's a, yeah. the question of, you know, what can he do once he's down there? But this, I think it's a great matchup. <clears throat> I think it's a fantastic matchup. I mean, we're going to see if Kevin Hall has been working on his wrestling a little bit. And uh, we know he's got decent grappling, but it's not. I don't think his grappling's on Kiesa's level. Kiesa's got a little bit better of a game. But Holland, for welterweight, is tall. He's obviously long, tall. Kiesa is not a small welterweight either. I remember yeah. when he used to fight at 45, or 55, I mean. Lightly, I was like, yeah. how in the hell do you make 55? I know. He's, he's probably six... Foot, six one maybe. Oh, yes, yeah. Six one, six two. He's probably six foot. Six, yeah, really. Yeah. He's a big guy. And so when I look at um this fight, like things that Holland can normally get away with because of his length and his reach and his his body style, it's going to be a little bit harder for him. He's six one. It's going to be a little bit harder for him to get away with it because Kiesa's a pretty big body frame also. So it should be fun. I think that should, should be a good fight. Kiesa on top would be dangerous. And on the feet, Kevin Holland's going to use the speed, I think a little bit of the reach advantage, and uh, pepper him with a jab. Yeah, try to fight him fight him fast. Yep. Good fight. Uh, what else you got? All right, we got uh, Wonderboy oh. Thompson versus uh, the other Pajera. That's a great hmm. matchup. I Is love it? that matchup. Yeah, I you think do? it's great. Why? What do you because like about it? Because let's – we we all know what Steven Thompson does and and how he's got his you know style that he's in and out. Well, Michelle Pejea has been exactly the same type of thing: super explosive, in and out, does all kinds of crazy things. Now he's he has tempered down a lot of that movement and bullshit that he was doing that was burning. No, he's dude, he's the backflips and his bullshit. No, I just burning heard Dave snort into the into the microphone oh, and Dave snorting. He's all. But I look at that and that's really a neat fight. When you look at it, 170 pounds, Michelle mm-hmm. Pejea is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's going to be a. But Kevin know, Holland I, was I huge. Kevin Holland was huge. And Steven Thompson made me look like an idiot when I said that Kevin Holland was going to be able to use his speed and his size and all those things. And Steven Thompson went out there and made me look stupid. And it just he takes care of himself so well. He's still got the speed, still has the angles, 
Pajeda doesn't fight smart. We know that. And he's, he I has think fought Steven, smarter lately. Yeah, he has fought smarter. He really has. I'll Do give you think it it's going to be I, enough, though? No. I think Thompson has to win. <laughs> he still, he does. It's the way he hides his, his uh, kicks behind his striking, his boxing. Oh, yeah. yep. Super impressive. Super impressive. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? Last one on this card, Derek Lewis. And I don't know the opponent, but it's Rogerio de Lima. You don't know de Lima? What are you talking about? Got power. Yeah, a lot of power. Someone's getting put to sleep. Well, yeah, this is one of those ones you would look at. And, you know, this is uh, de Lima likes to throw his hands, even though he does have some ground as far as he's good. In, he's good in the top position, which if you're looking at heavyweights, that's where most of them are going to be good in the on their back. Not very good. Well, Derek Lewis, same thing. So this is a real question of who hurts who. One of them's going down. The other one's going to be in the top position. That's not good for the guy that's on the bottom. So, Does Delima shoot? <clears throat> God, no. No? I don't think so. I don't think ah. so. I don't think so. Huh. I mean, I on the feet, that... man. Hey, Derek, look up Derek Lewis's. He's lost, I think, four or five in a row also, right? Yeah. yeah. I think so. He's on a downward skid right now. Three or I think four, he went one, one in there. No, he's got three. Yeah, so he lost to Sergon, then he beat uh, uh, Chris Dawkins. Then he lost yeah. to Ty, he lost to Sergey, and then he lost to Spivak. Sergey, Sergey. Um, I like watching my balls are hot. He's, I love watching him fight, but he's got to get a win. And Delima, though, I think he's got a little bit of wrestling. I don't know if it's enough to really waste the energy trying to get Derek Lewis down. Now, maybe if you catch a kick and it's easy to, to get the takedown, then you go to the top and make Derek Lewis work out from there. But uh, this, on the this feet? to me is the, the kind of matchup that Derek Lewis needs. Yeah, some of them actually agree. try to try to throw down with him. Not great at the takedown game. This is a good one. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, let's move on to this last one here. So we let me pull this up. So you guys heard that Aljo versus O'Malley was supposed to happen August nineteenth. So what's funny is the UFC posted about this saying it looks like we got a fight August nineteenth. They pulled that post down because I was looking for it when I was uh, getting the show ready. And uh, it's because Aljo's saying that he wanted to move it to September. And then at the presser for this past UFC Vegas 73, Dana said the fight's happening August 19th, whether um, whether Aljo's there or not. and, and he Whether Aljo's going to be there or not, huh? And because he said that Henry had called him and said, "I'm there, I'm there if you need a, if you need somebody." And um, absolutely. So then Aljo comes out. And Henry says, Cejudo just jumping in. You gotta love him, man. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Aljo comes out and said, uh, "I told them yes, verbally agreed, but of course my body has to agree. Gonna try to make this happen. This would be a sick, insane turnaround." Um, Sean says, "I'm showing up August 19th. Whether Aljo shows up or they put someone else in there, uh, Daddy's there. Daddy's main event, headlining for the belt, regardless." So Sean alluding to what Dana later kind of confirmed, saying that the fight's on August 19th. Um, then Aljo comes out today and says, or comes out in the last couple of days and says, um, "Let's do it in July instead." And Sean said, hey, "He said if you're if you think you're big enough, Sean." And Sean comes out and says, "I'm not big enough. See you in August." <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just a little bit of banter back and forth. I mean, it this kind of makes for a fun fight. You know, does... Because Sean O'Malley's good on the ground. 
Mm-hmm. He's not as good as uh, Aljo on the ground, but he's good on the ground. Um, the reach and the speed that he has on the feet, can he utilize that to keep this thing on the feet? We, we've seen that Aljo's got, he's got wrestling. He took down Henry Cejudo. You know, I know it's uh, I know that Henry's a little bit smaller, but Henry's a different level of wrestling than anybody anyone's ever faced. And um, Sean O'Malley doesn't have that wrestling. So does he end up on bottom? Does he end up giving up his back? Does he end up getting finished? I mean, who knows? Can he keep this thing on the feet long enough to keep Aljo guessing? You know, uh, the speed of the push kick up the middle, the the thigh kick to the knee, you know, the oblique or whatever it is, and then also um, the long jab, snapping the jab, making uh, Aljo shoot from far away. That's what he's gonna have to do. He's gonna have to try to keep him on the tip of the jab, you know, and uh, keep keep his distance. That's what he's gonna do on his bike the almost the whole time. Yeah, I, I know that it, Dana came out, you know, saying that you know something that Aljo's, you know, his own worst enemy or something like that. But I tell you what, the dude has really performed since that, you know, the way he won the belt, coming back, beating Jan. Beating, you know, TJ, like TJ threw out a shoulder, shit happens. Aljo did his job. The mm-hmm. fight against Cejudo, he fought a good fight, smart fight. Um, that is, this is not, this is not an easy fight for Sean O'Malley. This is a fight, you know. No. I, I think, you know, going into this, no matter who someone likes, Aljamain Sterling is going to be the, the favorite in this fight and by quite a bit. Yeah, you know what they've said. Like, like I saw other fighters going. I can't believe Sean O'Malley's getting a fight, a, t- a title fight off of a fight that everyone thought he lost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but he didn't lose. He didn't. No, that's the thing. He got the W. You know, w didn't in lose the, in I mean, the box. Exactly. So I mean, I get what the UFC is doing. They're trying to get him to the top as fast as possible, you know, to get this title shot to before he ends up taking a loss to somebody else, and it's not as it's not as profitable. Um, Sean's fun though. Yeah, you know, no doubt. Sean's I, lo- I love watching him fight, but stylistically, <clears throat> they match up as far as, as Aljo is not a small bantamweight. He's a big bantamweight. Mm. Yeah, and physically, much stronger than O'Malley. Yeah, they're both tall, but Aljamain is a strong person at one thirty-five. Now Sean's got very technical striking. Really, it's nice. He throws the kicks beautifully. He's got a good ground game, but his ground game is no no better than Aljamain's. In fact, I don't. I'm not sure it's as good. And Aljamain in the stand up, look, he, he's he's fought very good stand up fighters, and he's done well. He's always looking to get the fight to the ground because that's where his strength lies. That makes that makes him a smart fighter. I just look at this, and and if I'm looking at ways for people to win. It appears to me that Aljamain has more ways to win than Sean. Yeah. No, I agree. But I mean, for me, I think this is this. Sean, to me, Sean's not quite ready for the title shot, but I get what the UFC is doing because he's very marketable right now. I mean, he's got the oh, yeah. look, he's got people the fighting style. He's <clears throat> people love him. And I love watching them fight, so I'm not I'm not against it. I understand what they're no, doing. Not at all. You know, they're trying to capitalize and make as much money as they possibly can off of the off of uh this fight. Um, he he's good all the way around. Just Aljo's a little bit better than him on the ground. A lot better, a lot stronger than him. I think better. Wrestler. Dave, do me a favor, pull up both of their records. Here's the but big I, difference. But I think that um, I think that he's gonna, I think he's gonna surprise a lot of us. 
with his ability on the ground, and he's going to surprise us definitely. I think more on the feet, sticking and moving. And we saw him go through one of the with the uh, with the Peter Yan fight. I thought he lost two that fight, but I thought he would gas out, getting exhausted from all the you know all the movement. He kept coming. He yeah. kept throwing, and he took some big shots, and still yeah. got up, and well, still kept he's, moving. He's, he's, he's a fighter. got a chin, no doubt about it. Go to his record real quick. It's the, who he's who he's fought as far as Sean O'Malley here. You got it here, and this is this is what I'm trying to say: is mm-hmm. Terry and Ware, okay, down at the bottom, and that's there's been others, but Terry and Ware's good, good slick fighter comes from California, and. Good stand-up, but no real uh, ground game. He beat uh, Alfred uh, Kashakian before that. Andre uh, South, I can't even say his name, Sokamath, that fight, Andre fought stupid as hell. He beat up you know, Sean O'Malley's leg and mm-hmm. then, for whatever reason, decides to become a wrestler. But you take a, all of these. All of them, okay? Until you get to Pedro Munoz, Peter Yawn, except for the loss of Marlon Vera. Where, where's the great fighter? Eddie Wineland was way past his prime, okay? Yeah, his When prime. he beat him, okay? Quinones, okay? You can take a look at Almeida, shot. Chris Montino was brought in to fight him. He fought a hell of a tough fight, you know, but... Yeah, he did. <clears throat> you know, Paiva, good fighter, but not until the last two and the and the, there's no contest with Munoz is a hell of a fighter. Peter Yan, hell of a fighter. That's your two. Now if you put pull ups pull up uh Aljo. Okay, so let's take a look. And let's just go the last yeah. We'll go from the Marlon Marais where he lost with the knee, that knockout. That was his last loss. Okay, At the time, Marlon Marais was the man. Came out of World Series of Fighting as a champion. Great fighter. Brett Johns, he beats. Brett Johns, a good, very good grappler, tough dude. Beats Cody Stamen, good wrestler. Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera was really high. Okay, He beats Pedro Munoz. He beats Corey Sandhagen. He beats Peter Yan. He beats TJ Dillashaw. Is there a difference in the competition here, Josh? Huge difference. Um, you th- you think? I, I don't think so at all. <laughs> John, sarcasm. Sense my sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I, I get I get exactly what you're saying. That's the biggest <clears throat> the biggest difference. Aljo's been in there against the very best, and for a while. No, I agree. I think. Um, like you said, with Jimmy Rivera was you know was riding high for a while. Pedro Munoz, Corey yep. Sanhagen, Peter Yawn, Peter Yawn again, T.J. Dillashaw, Henry Cejudo. I mean, he's built himself quite the resume. Uh, Aljo yes, has, yes. You know, and uh, striking while the iron's hot is going to be key for Sugar Sean. He's going to have to get this win because it's not. But it's also not going to be easier for him if he does win. And does Aljo go up then after that? That's my question. Like, he's going to lose the title and then go up, or he's going to try to come back and get it back. Like he keeps saying he's gonna go to forty five, but yeah, he said it. I don't know. Does we'll he? See. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I like I like watching Aljo fight. I know we've had some words back and forth on social media, but it is what <laughs> it is, man. I ain't mad at you, man. I ain't mad at you. 
I still like you. All right, even though I know you said you're mad at me. <laughs> okay, next. What else you got for us, Dave? Uh, we'll wrap up there. I know um, John has watched the the Conor McGregor documentary. John, I don't know if you want to make any comments on that before we do wrap up here. Mm. Yeah, you know, I started. I, I haven't watched the entire thing. I've gotten through a couple episodes of it. They've really done a nice job with it, you know, showing exactly uh, some of the things. That, you know, one of the things that was interesting to me was, you know, that they showed the whole kind of build up with Habib and you know let's be honest you know sometimes I can't talk about certain things so I have talked with some of his people at times and they knew that things were not good and that you know there was things going on outside of the training that should never have been going on but the the thing that really i I thought was actually interesting is that they show the whole incident with you know Artem Lobov and what happened with uh, Habib and then the the bus incident and you know it shows that Connor gets uh, community service and then it sh- it actually shows him being you know coming to the U.S. in New York to do community and it shows him cleaning the church you know but it was a good thing for him. And it's, you know, he, he's sitting there reading things and you can see that, you know, he's an intelligent guy and he, he, he gets certain things and you look and you say, sometimes the things that you think are worse, the worst things that can happen in your life end up being possibly some of the best things that could ever happen to you. So it was one of the things I really liked as far as, you know, the thing I liked when he was having to do the community service. I just think during the whole Habib thing, like he just went overboard. Oh, absolutely. He went over the line. Took it took it to another level that's just went over the line. Go there. No doubt about shouldn't it. Shouldn't go there. Nope. And then uh, you know, and then he just it kinda carried over into the Dustin situations. Oh, your wife was in my DMs. Like uh, you just leave that shit out, man. Like nope. there's no what there's you, no fucking place for it. I just I don't yeah. I don't know. I have a hard time with things like that. Like it's a sport, you know, and that's nope. all it is. It's it's where we are entertainment for the rest of the world. That's it. You know, and um, we chose this this career, but it's like you don't have to be a douche about it. You know, I, I enjoy, like, you, know, you just don't you don't have to be a douchebag. And no, no like I said, when I was talking about Aljo. Aljo was all mad at me because of the things that I said, you know, but I, I still have respect for him as a fighter. I think he's a fantastic oh, fighter. Fantastic. And um, and I would still like if I saw him, Josh, I'd still be nice to him. Josh, he, you know? he doesn't he doesn't like me any more than you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I get it's it. It's OK. But, I know. It, it doesn't matter. It's like you don't. It's definitely not going to hurt my feelings, and I'm always going to be honest. And I was honest what I said in the, mm-hmm. you know, the first time, and I've been honest about what I've said about him in the past. You know, look, mm-hmm. he's a great fighter, you know, and he's proved it. And just like we were just yeah. talking about, you know, look at who he's proved it against. The guy, the, mm-hmm. the guy is elite. No, I agree. I absolutely agree with you. <clears throat> All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our show for this midweek show, and uh, we want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. You know how else you can support us, though? Go to WayneInMerch.com and pick up some of our uh, swag there. We've got some short sleeves. We've got some long sleeves. We've got some hoodies. We've got some hats. We've got all different types of designs, so check it all out at WayneInMerch.com. Go to OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. Subscribe to us over there. Submit your fan questions. We've got some more content dropping over there. Uh, it is free, you guys. And... We like to talk about equal pay for men and women. Well, we were trying to get us men paid over on OnlyFans equally as Paige Van Zandt and other uh, females. <laughs> I want to get paid as much as females on OnlyFans. Not, 
Yes, that's what I want to get paid. I want to get. I want to make that money. I want to be in that one percentile. That's what I want to be in. All right, yeah, hey, make sure you guys head on over there and uh, subscribe to us. It ain't happening. I know. Yeah. I'm good looking, but just not like that. Not like no. that. No. All right, John, take us away, buddy. Hey, uh, for everyone, Josh and I will be going to Fort Bragg here. We will be putting some stuff out on OnlyFans and even Instagram and all that stuff. So check out that stuff, and we will see you.